Hello and welcome to Inside Fingal, the podcast that gives you an insight into the work being done by the councillors and staff of Fingal County Council to make Fingal a better place to live, work, visit and do business in. My name is Jerry McDermott, I'm the Media and Communications Manager here at Fingal County Council and I hope you'll stay with me as we continue to inform you about the work of your local authority. Over the past decade, a new word has come into our everyday vocabulary. Greenways. We started to hear of it in 2010 when Mayo County Council opened the first section of the Great Western Greenway. And since then, the demand across the country for greenways has increased. Irish greenways are off-road routes for walkers, cyclists and other non-motorised transport. And they've become extremely popular with residents and visitors alike. Fingal County Council has a comprehensive programme of greenway infrastructure under development across the county at present and last year opened a two kilometre stretch of greenway between Baldoyle and Port Marnock. The person responsible for overseeing the delivery of greenways in Fingal is Paul Carroll, a senior engineer with Fingal County Council, and he's our guest today on Inside Fingal. Paul, you're very welcome. Thanks, Jerry. It's 11 years, Paul, since that first stretch of greenway was opened between Newport and Mulrani in County Mayo. Are you surprised by how popular they've become since then? I think really in the last few years, there's been a huge change in, in people's attitude towards greenways and, and towards sustainable transport in general. Um, people are so much more environmentally aware. Um, they're aware of climate change. They're aware of biodiversity. And really, it's not surprising that they have taken off so much. Um, they're so accessible to everyone. You don't need any equipment to use a greenway. You can go and walk and cycle and push a buggy along it and they're accessible to all ages and all abilities from ages 8 to 80 and and above Um, and generally they're located in areas of of stunning scenery and really people have such an appreciation of outdoor activities and sporting activities that really it's, it's not surprising that they have taken off in the way that they have. I've been looking at the the plans for Fingal um, in a little bit of detail and we've already got those two kilometres between Baldoyle and Port Marnock, but that's only a small piece of the jigsaw you're putting together along the coast, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Um, we have huge plans for uh, along the coast, starting at southern end of Fingal, at, uh, tying into the Southern to Sandicove route at, at Dublin City Council's area. We have a, a planned scheme running from uh, Sutton to Malahide, which will be going out on, on consultation later on this year. And that links into that um Marnock to Baldoyle section that's currently um, operational that was opened last year. Then once you get to Malahide, we have a fantastic route in the design stage, which was granted planning permission last year. We call it the Broadmeadow Greenway. It runs across the Malahide Viaduct um, alongside the railway line. and That would be an absolutely iconic feature for Fingal and for the residents and visitors to Malahide and Donabate. And then once you get to Donabate and to, to Newbridge Domain, um, we have, have recently just finished uh, route options consultation on a scheme that we're calling the Fingal Coastal Way and that runs from Donabate all the way up the coast through uh, Rush, Skerries and on the way on to Balbriggan and ties up into the Mead County boundary and that's about 32 kilometres in length as well so once that's done you'll be able to cycle ultimately from the Mead County boundary all the way down into Dublin City, more or less continuously off-road in a safe and a pleasant and a comfortable environment. And I think there's also wider plans that the Greenway's not just going to stop at the Mead County boundary, is it? That's right, yeah. Um, there's 
wider plans in Mead and in Louds to take up the East Coast Trail along the entire east coast of Ireland and further down in south to, towards Wicklow and Wexford as well. So it's it's a real um it's a multi agency approach that we're we're adopting here on these all these projects. And um I suppose people sort of think that they're gonna be huge tourist attractions and that, but I think the the research from, from other countries has found that it's it's really the residents who get the most value out of it. <clears throat> yeah, that that's it exactly. Um a lot of a lot of the a lot of the publicity and a lot of the marketing might be focused on the kind of tourism and the visitor element to it, but it's the people who are living in those areas um, 365 days a year who are living along the route. They're the ones who get the most benefit out of it. They're the ones who are out on the on the route in, in all weathers um, in every season. And really, they're the ones that we want to take ownership of them and help us to, uh, to build them and design them and um, really get the most benefit out of them. And it, and it wouldn't just be for exercise. It could be people trying to get to work. Like I suppose if you're, you're if you're living in Donabate and you want to go to work in Malahide, you can now do it by bike. Yeah, that that's a real a real key issue for us. Is you know the recreational use is is quite important, but we want to ha- we want them to have a dual use. There's a lot of time and effort and money going into designing and building these pieces of infrastructure. So um, we want to make sure that they're. Um, used for recreation and for visitors and for tourists, but also that they have a more functional use. So when we can link into uh, train stations or village centres or you know sports clubs or schools, um, we'll we'll design them so that the the routes pass by those areas. Um, I, I know we've already spoken about the, the little bit between Baldoyle and Port Marnock that's already there, and you've spoken about the plans to to join that up on on both sides. One going to the the boundary with Dublin City Council, and the other going up to the boundary with, with Mead. When can we start to see those greenways becoming a reality? At the moment, we have um, the Broadmeadow Way from Malahide to Donabate is in detailed design. We're actually out doing ground investigation surveys there at the moment, and we would hope to be hitting site with that. Um, towards the end of this year and early next year, that'll be a quite a complex and a, a challenging construction across the estuary. We're in an earlier stage then for the Sutton to Malahide scheme and for the Fingal Coast away from Donabate to Balbriggan. Um, the, there's probably another 18 months to get through consultation and planning stages on that, and then another two to three years for construction. So these are long, uh, large and complex schemes. We do take them. Um, relatively slowly because that's that's what's needed to, to meet all those challenges and to make sure that they're designed properly because what we want to design is something that's there and that will be you know an enduring facility um for the next you know 50 and 100 years so um that's that's where we are and, and paul you mentioned there the broad meadow greenway and and how it's going to be an iconic piece of infrastructure and it certainly sounds spectacular you know going across the broad meadow greenway alongside the railway line and, and linking malahide with with donabate and you you mentioned that the, there are complexities involved in in that what, what sort of complexities would there be i suppose the, the history of that scheme dates back to um around 2009 when the the railway viaduct actually collapsed the irish Rail, railway viaduct and at that time Irish Rail um, went in and did some repair works and that somewhat laid the groundwork for the, the greenway to be constructed across the estuary. But it's it's a special area of conservation and it's a special protection area, number one. So there's really challenging environmental restrictions that we have to um, meet on that to maintain the, the integrity of the, the bird species that are there, uh, including quite restrictive uh, seasonal working arrangements. We can only go out and work for, for uh, five months across the summer. To avoid any impact on the wintering birds and then as well as that it's a very restricted site it's a marine site and um, 
we're building it on the existing viaduct, which is a rock armor uh, construction. So even to get out and do the ground investigation works is quite challenging in terms of getting large uh, civil engineering plant and machinery out onto that um, onto that causeway. So it's it's going to be a challenge, but it's one that we're we're confident we'll be able to we'll be able to meet. Um, we have a good team working on it, and we're working with our partners in um, in Irish Rail who are helping us um, with the design and construction aspects of that. So we're looking forward to delivering it. It'll be it'll be an amazing scheme when it's built, and I think it'll be a real a real um, game changer for um, for greenways and Fingal. Well, we certainly look forward to it, and I suppose there's nothing better an engineer likes than a good challenge. That's right. Yeah, it's it's certainly not without its challenges, but we'll get there one way or the other. Okay, and the the development of the greenways isn't just confined to the east coast. Like you have plans for a greenway along the Royal Canal in Dublin fifteen. That's right. Yeah, we've recently uh, commenced a non-statutory consultation on the Royal Canal Greenway running from um, Castleknock out as far as the county boundary with Kildare near uh, near Leakslip, um, eight kilometres of a route along the canal towpath. That in itself is a, is is um, a part of the Galway to Dublin national route. So once that's built, um, you'll actually be able to cycle from Dublin to Athlone along um, continuous greenway route, and then the Athlone to Galway section is currently um, gone through the design process as well. So ultimately, Galway to Dublin will be um, a nice three or four day uh, cycle for for anyone to go along and. For locals to use along the route as well so we're looking forward to delivering that um we also have a number of greenways along other sections which are maybe less advanced but are part of the wider strategic view and they would include more local routes maybe such as the main river which will serve the kind of plum griff and donamede area and um, river greenway which will run up through santry near the airport and then ultimately we'd like to um we'd, we'd like to extend the talca valley greenway out through um, Dublin 15 area as well. So, you know, there's there's a network there that's going to be built over the next five and 10 years. And it's, um, we'll build it piece by piece and ultimately it'll be a fantastic, uh, fantastic network once built. And and will it all link up together? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's the plan. It'll, it'll, it'll link up either into other greenways or on other, you know, sustainable transport or active travel routes. So it might be going on road for certain sections. Um, so um, it'll be the key thing that, that you find internationally is that it's all about the wider connectivity across the network. So it's, it's only really as good as the weakest link. So you need to make sure that you have really strong, uh, high quality links throughout the network to get, to get people to use it, and to get people um, to make sure that it's, it's, um, it's the most usable facility that we can build. So it will be possible uh, at some stage in the future to maybe cycle from Castleknock or Blanchardstown all the way up to Balbriggan safely. Yeah, well, it'll be possible to cycle from from Athlone all the way to Balbriggan. So you know, it's that's the kind of scale that we're thinking of. You know, and I think um, once once that happens, I think there'll be a huge increase in in local use and kind of wider visitors and tourism use and and the all the benefits that go with that in terms of um, local economy economic um benefits for that so and and do you see it like obviously one of the reasons why you know we're pursuing these things is to sort of um take the car out of out of not not so much out of business but out of the city center and and that you know people 
use the bicycle or they walk for, for journeys where they don't really need to take a car. Is that the, the long-term objective of this? Yeah, I suppose that's one of them. I think greenways are, are great because they tick they tick so many of the boxes. So that's, you know, as a as a mode of transport, it ticks it ticks that box, but it also brings economic activity to areas that may not otherwise have had it in terms of just, you know, and it's kind of local, small scale small scale, you know, enterprise, but it's still beneficial to areas. So you have you have the restaurants, the cafes, you have the bike repair shops, um, bike hire shops, and then it brings people in to areas to use the other amenities that they may not otherwise have, have known about. So you see a lot of kind of small scale uh, enterprises starting up alongside the industry. So, for example, some of them, you know, you would hope to see in kind of um, places like Balbriggan, you know, that would be a, a major uh, opportunity for, say, a water sports activity to take place there that would kind of um, tie into the greenway. And you get people who are interested in the outdoors, interested in activity and uh, activity pursuits, um, making use of that. So it also ticks, you know, the health benefits that they deliver are massive and it gives people, I think, you know, with, with COVID over the last year or so, people have a huge uh, appreciation for their local areas and, and, you know, outdoor spaces where they can, where they can exercise and, and feel comfortable and safe. And greenways tick that box for sure. And we've seen that on not just our greenways, but our new kind of roads and, cycle routes that we've put in alongside roads have been really well used over the last year um, because people really probably haven't had them to date, you know, um, and the transport um, the transport uh, benefit of them then is, is obvious as well, you know, and as I said earlier, I think we try to tie them in to make sure that they are that functional. So if we can go past the school or go past the sports club or whatever, it really just adds to the adds to the overall uh, benefits. And and how big of an advantage has it been to look at what's gone before? Like we, we've spoken about the Mayo Greenway and there's been one down in Waterford and obviously greenways are, are a feature in, on the continent and that sort of thing. Has, has that helped you in, in being able to look at those those that have gone before and sort of pick up the lessons that they've learned? And and what have those lessons been? Yeah, I suppose we, we, we have been talking to the, the the other local authorities that have developed those facilities. We've also had a lot of help from colleagues in, in Fulch, Ireland, from the, the tourism and, and um, enterprise um, perspective. And I suppose one of the things that they would always say um, is that what we want to do um, with the greenways is we want to kind of maintain the, the attractions of the route that people want to see. So when when we're building a greenway, we try to do it as, as light touch as possible, that we're not going in and, and ruining, you know, the the very thing that people that draws people to that area in the first place. So for example, along the canal, we want to go in and make sure we're not just ripping out, you know, rows and rows of mature trees or, or upsetting the wildlife or, you know, creating a real uh, urban feel to something that people are naturally drawn to because of the trees, because of the wildlife, because of the rural feel to it. Uh, that's what people come back to again and again. So um, that was one of the real benefits um, for us. The other lesson I think that we would take is that needs to be done to the very highest standard that we possibly can, because um, if things are done maybe as a as a short term solution or you know as kind of a maybe a, a cheaper solution or t- people take shortcuts on things that 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 might be fine for a year or two, but really when people start using it and the numbers of people that start using it um they will demand a higher 
level and you'll 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 nearly be found out when you don't provide that you know so we we want to provide it as i say with the view that it's going to be there in 50 years it's going to be there in 100 years and to make sure that it stands the test of time you mentioned public consultation a couple of times uh, already, and you've recently had one in relation to the Fingal Coastal Way and the Royal Canal Project is currently having its second non-statutory public consultation. How important is it for people like you to hear the views of the citizen in relation to the projects that you're designing? Yeah, I think it's it's really important and it's, it's probably something that, again, COVID has had a, a big impact on in the last six months. We had... We had these um, large consultations for the Royal Canal, for the Fingal Coastal Way, um, in the pipeline for a long time. When we were, we were kind of hoping to hoping COVID might have passed and we could do a traditional um, consultation. But as it is, we've done a more of an online one, and it really has let us, um, I think, broaden the net a lot to make sure people are brought into the discussion that may not previously have had. Um, an opportunity to do so for for work or for personal or family reasons or whatever it's 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 quite easy for people to um to view all the con- consultation material online and to <clears throat> sit in on a on a half hour or an hour long um web webinar in the evening and get 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 the information that we have um to them so it's it's a huge part of what we're doing and as i said it's it's the locals who will be there all year we want them to you know buy into what we're doing we want to do it in, in partnership with them we don't want to do it against them um and we we do take on board what they have to say and, and make every effort to um to make sure that they they feel like um they can take ownership of it and and, and help us to deliver what what would be a, a an enduring asset for for their areas there will be people listening to this podcast who have questions about the whole greenway concept and if you don't mind paul i'd like to put some of them to you so, for example, in a lot of places like Mayo and Waterford, they've built the greenways on disused railway lines. We, we don't have that in Fingal. In fact, our, our railway lines are extremely busy. Uh, so where and when and how are you going to build your greenways? We have different, we have different features. We might, may not have the, uh, the disused railway lines, but we have canal corridors and we have, we have river valleys. And we have, we have kind of a network of towns um, that we want to connect up. So really what what our approach is it's a combination of using those features it's a combination of greenfield site bringing it through the rural areas um and then it's a combination of using existing roads or existing pathways um with the appropriate um you know calming or traffic safety features that might need to be installed so we kind of we kind of try to take kind of a, a holistic approach to it and and it's it's, we recognize that it's not a one-size-fits-all um approach that is going to solve those problems and also i suppose you know it it is we are designing them for a combination of recreational and more more functional kind of utilitarian uh uses so that lends itself then to bringing us into into those town and village centers and having maybe a more urban feel in those areas but combining that with the more rural um recreational fields out out in the kind of the, the less built up areas so it's it's it, it depends we also we're fortunate in Fingal that we do have a number of parks you know the Baldoyle or Manic Greenway was through was through a large a large park and we had a, a lot of uh space there that we could do a really high quality one um to the north of Balbriggan we're also going to be bringing it through Bremore uh regional park as well so there's definitely opportunities there that we can we can tie in the greenway into what's planned for, for those areas. 
And um, like obviously greenways are for pedestrians and cyclists. So will there be segregated lanes? And if there isn't, who gets the right of way? Yeah, in, in general, greenways have been developed kind of in Ireland and internationally as as a shared surface. And and what what you kind of find, um, which is not apparent initially, but it's a little bit counterintuitive that the the sharing of the surface between cyclists, between pedestrians, between people pushing buggies, or you know, um, in wheelchairs or whatever, is that the the cyclists tend to slow down their speed. I mean, we're we're aware that there are issues on on routes in in Dublin, say for example, on the S to S route in in Bayside and Sutton. There have been issues with people with high speed cyclists using that, and that is um, a segregated route the whole way for cyclists. So I suppose that's a slightly different one. But where they are mixed in together, that's how it works. And and it's not really a case of one person having priority over another. It's a case of everyone having having shared use and having the respect and the consideration for their their fellow users. And that's that's what's ha- that's what happens in practice on on the greenways in Ireland. You um you walk along, you cycle along, and people are generally in in a good mood and and enjoying the scenery and and kind of very considerate of each other's needs. So we would hope that that's how ours ours will develop in Fingal as well. And what will happen when a greenway either intersects with a roadway or has to be amalgamated with a piece of roadway? Yeah, and that that's a frequent that's a frequent issue for us, I suppose, in terms of some of the urban areas that we're going through. Um, and it really just means that we have to. We have to look at it from an engineering perspective and a, and a safety perspective and see what the what the right intervention is there, whether it's a, a signalised crossing, what sort of junction is needed, whether whether we can have full segregation there. The, the key thing for us, the number one priority is that it's it's a comfortable and, and usable facility for, for all ages and all abilities. So um, whatever the right intervention is to achieve that, that's what we end up doing. Um, we're, we're fortunate, I suppose, in terms of the... The ro- a lot of the roads that we're, we're interacting with, certainly in the rural areas, they wouldn't be <clears throat> particularly uh, highly trafficked roads. They might be they might be quite high speed, but they would be low volumes, and that allows us to make those those interventions. So we'll have these greenways running through the county. We'll have them being used by residents and visitors. But I'm sure many people are wondering if there are any plans to have additional routes branching out from the greenways to link up with nearby villages, parks, train stations, and and bus stops. So the large routes that I mentioned earlier, the, the Fingal Coastal Way, the Royal Canal, the Sutton Malhide, we would probably see them as being the, the trunk lines in this evolving network. And certainly, the, you know, the, there's no point in designing them so that they're they're skirting around the edge of a town or the ed- edge of a village. We recognise that people want to want to go into the centres of the towns and villages to to make use of the services and amenities that are there. Um, so that's a key feature in what we're trying to design. Um, there also we'll also be looking at then branches to kind of you know to the sports clubs, to train stations, transport interchanges, and I think um, branches to schools is a key opportunity for us. You know, um, we have a new active travel department in Fingal County Council, and they're going to be working on a safe routes to schools scheme and and school streets schemes as well. So there's a real opportunity there to kind of get get the benefits of the greenways and roll them into those initiatives as well to make sure that we if we can get you know a good a good number of school children comfortable and safe and and the parents of school children allowing their children to cycle to school well I think 
that'll be a real um that'll be a, a generational shift that will reap benefits for for the local areas for for years to come I, you mentioned there that there's an active travel unit within within Fingal, and and you're doing your bit uh, in in the Department of um, Planning and Strategic Infrastructure, building greenways. Are yourselves and the act the active travel unit are building cycleways? You're building greenways. Are you talking to one another? Yeah, no, we we, we talk with each other a lot. It's it's a real collaborative process um, in Fingal. Um, we're we're building a lot of greenways, and we're also building a lot of active travel routes ourselves as part of the wider road infrastructure. And um, we we we're pretty much two sides of the same coin in that regard. So it's it's we're 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 working on the same types of schemes, and um, we have a kind of a, a unit that's basically across departmental units. So we have different specialisms and different skill sets there across engineering, urban design, planning, and uh, communications to make sure that we have a, a joint up approach to all of that. You mentioned uh, earlier in our chat uh, about, um, you know, th- that these coastal ways are generally in places where there's beautiful scenery or, or, or that. Will there be provision be made for viewing areas where people can stop, take in the beautiful views and maybe have a picnic or something like that? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, um, internationally, you would see greenways that are developed as much more than just a route from A to B. Um, a key feature of, of greenway success is is usually the ancillary infrastructure that goes alongside the greenway route itself. So that's that's elements like, as you say, viewing areas and picnic areas. It's things like playgrounds. It's things like nature trails um, and informal areas where people can just relax and take a break and, and enjoy the view and enjoy the scenery and, 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 and take a photograph or take a selfie or whatever it is they want to do. Um, so it's kind of the greenway is kind of the, the main element but it's what we want to achieve is that it's much more than that and again it's it's catering not just for people who want to cycle from a to b but for people who want to do a whole range of um activities along it i suppose the big question is how, how long do you see this taking uh, to complete the greenway projects we've talked about today and, and how much is it going to cost i mean we have a, we have a really challenging and kind of ambitious program i think in fingal um and some of the schemes I mentioned are, are much further on than others. So in terms of overall spend, it's it's hard to put an exact figure on that. But I mean, over the next five to 10 years, you could see up to, I think, 100 million being spent on these schemes because, you know, they really, really are ambitious and, and large schemes and there's going to be a lot of infrastructure along them. But I think, you know, I think rather than focusing on the cost, which I think, what we need to do is look at the benefits of it and, and the benefits will be multiples of that when you look at the health benefits when you look at the social benefits um you know reductions in in air pollution reductions in congestion and the economic benefits that they bring locally um i think you know we have to go through particular processes in terms of um spending public money and making sure that there's a very good reason and a very good business case to do all of that and looking at the cost-benefit analysis of all of these schemes, and and generally greenways really uh, perform really well when you look at the costs in comparison to the the huge benefits that they bring. Well, it all sounds very exciting. You you're a very busy man, so we're not going to hold you much longer, Paul. Thank you for being our guest today, and good luck with turning those fabulous plans into reality and into amenities that can be enjoyed by the residents of Fingal as well as visitors to our county. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Jerry. So that's it for episode 10 of Inside Fingal. 
My thanks to Paul Carroll for being our guest today. And don't forget that you have until one minute before midnight on Wednesday, July the 7th to make your submission in relation to the Royal Canal Urban Greenway. And you can do that at consult.fingal.ie. If you require more information on Fingal County Council's Greenway plans, please go to www.fingal.ie forward slash Fingal Greenways. And if you have any comments or suggestions in relation to the Inside Fingal podcast, please email podcast at fingal.ie. Remember, you can follow Fingal County Council on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and LinkedIn and also at fingal.ie. Thank you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye and stay safe.